Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of MT Stands Podcast. Today, we'll be running you through how the first game week of the 2020-2021 season of the English Premier League played out. Looking at the impressive start from Mikel Arteta's side to an impressive performance from the rejuvenated Chelsea side. As always, we meet today, we have a Luca in the house. And we have two other analysts and friends who will be sharing their thoughts from the different vantage points they had over the games that played out this weekend. Ibuka, please do the honors of introducing our guests. Thank you, Chooks. Um, very excited about this one. We have Lamiri, crazy Arsenal fan. I've known him for a few years now. I'm very excited to have him here. And also we have Tyro, who is another big Liverpool fan. Red say he dies, always talking about Salah and the likes and how they are the best in the Premier League. He did be though, but still. All right, welcome, Lamiri. Welcome, Tyro. Yeah, pleasure to have hey. you here. Hey, and thanks choose. for having me. did the right thing by getting the three points. It wasn't a fantastic performance. But it's early days, so you can't really expect that you know, everyone would be scoring six, seven goals or something like that. I think the, the highest was Arsenal's 3 0 and also Leicester. So, yeah, I was happy that Chelsea might get three points. Got me in a good mood for this episode, and I'm expecting fireworks. <laughs> that, that's wonderful. That's wonderful to hear. Well, I'm sure someone that would have been on the hot seat while watching his game from start to finish would have been Mr. Tyler. Looking at how the New Zealand promoters league side were going head-to-head with the champions of last season. Tyler, how did that make you feel? Man, and, you know, when I first started watching the game, I, I remember I texted, you know, um, the football group chat that I'm in that, man, you know, this league's actually, actually Liverpool will make a easy meal out of them. But I was really, you know, impressed by their tenacity and um, Bielsa's, you know, meeting of the game because he made, you know, very thoughtful changes. I think Liverpool, um, I think Liverpool will struggle this season, to be honest. As sad as it is, but I'm always, I like to be very honest when it comes to Liverpool. I feel like um, they, I see some kind of cockiness, overconfidence. They are not zoned in all the time. And they always need to be pressured before they can actually force themselves to get results. Um, the tide is good, but you know. So, but the game was the game was dramatic. I don't even think I was really. I was just a bit disappointed. Trust me, I'm still so angry that Liverpool did not buy Thiago because I feel like getting marquee players like Thiago, obviously with his quality, is what to make a top side that has won maybe you know um, titles to retain you know, that hunger and desire to keep on winning. And um, I don't know, I've not, I've not seen that killer instinct yet from the Liverpool board and the Liverpool, you know, management to want to, you know, build on that success and have more sustained periods. Because you see, Chelsea has strengthened, you see other teams have strengthened too. So, yeah, that's, that's generally my thoughts on it, on the whole game. Quick question on that. Um, it was kind of easy for Leeds to get behind your midfield and just go straight at your defence. Do you think yeah. it's a defensive issue or more of a midfield issue? 
Um, well, first, I think you the way Liverpool defends, right? Liverpool defends as a team. I think the midfield was would have been better if probably Fabinho was playing that position instead of you know Henderson. Um, and I also feel like the team didn't defend well enough in terms of um, the like the overall team maybe defending from the front and it, we're not as compact as we should have been. So I feel like I still feel like it's one of those things that I can still I still want to tie back to being zoned in as well as we should have because the way you know because we pressed and when we do the counter press you know it, it has to it has to happen as a team. And another weak point I saw in the team, which is even more glaring, was the 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 right side of our defense. I mean Gomez and this guy and um Trent Arnold. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. what they were doing. It seems like it seems like the rest of the holiday. They're so terrible. Almost, I believe almost all the goals came from that side, if I'm not wrong. I don't know. You probably have to check the highlights. So yeah that, that, that's more glaring for me. But if we get Fabino back fit, um hopefully, you know and um, we have Henderson and maybe Gini or hopefully Thiago. I think I think we'll be better. I, I don't I don't there's there's nothing there's not too much glaringly wrong with Liverpool's setup. I just feel like it's it's just a thing of the mind for the player as a mentality thing. Money if I interject just quick real quick. As far as leads go, I think I don't think Liverpool were prepared for leads to press the way they did. I mean, what, what do you expect? Is it, is it Bielsa's side? Bielsa also plays that type of way. <clears throat> and yeah, but then again, you can also put it Trent. I think Trent is still, he's still getting over the hangover from last year and playing in the international, but he'll get over it. Man. But yeah, I agree Better with you on the point. Yeah, that's what me, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you, Andre. Speaking about trends, yeah. I just need to maybe take us away from this and ask a question to both of you. How good are the options that England has right now at right back? We have Trent, we have Wan-Bissaka, we have James, we have Lamptey, and it just seems like you know, this is a period where they have so many um, upcoming... Ainsley, right Maitland, Niles. Oh, Don't sorry. Forget sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> What do you guys think? I'll start with Larry. You have to put some respect on the man's name. Ah, well, they uh, Lam is still a couple of years away, to be honest. Let's let's. I mean, he has he has seniors ahead of him. Like if you could hear the commentators yesterday uh, during Chelsea's match, you say, you see why they were saying why didn't they keep Lamptey and then Rhys James goes and scores a worldie and they're like, That's <laughs> you understand? Lam- <laughs> so, <laughs> there's there's Trent, there's Rhys. There's Ainsley. So, I mean, those are three people ahead of him. So, he still has a long way to go. But, yeah, I mean, to be very honest here, England's problem is not their personnel. It's the, it's the person in the dugout. Exactly. Until you get rid of that guy and put in somebody. Because, I mean, Lord knows how many times, even on FIFA self, I've had the opportunity to coach England. Like, you see the, the amount of, the embarrassment of riches you have at your, at your disposal. Sure. It has to be somebody that is. I mean, what, 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 what's, what's Southgate's resume that wants to give England a, a trophy or something? He doesn't, he doesn't have that kind of. Uh, he doesn't have that pedigree. Yeah. To be doing such. Exactly. Yeah, he doesn't have the pedigree. Yeah. But yeah. also, once you find, once you get someone. Yeah, if you get someone, if you get someone to that has the prop, you know, the know-how, then you see, you see a different England altogether. 
Because if you notice now, um, the, I didn't watch it, but you could see the it was trending that the Eng- England Denmark that was, was like the most boring match of the entire international break, and that's saying something. Yeah, I, I saw that. Oh, yeah, Ty, you were saying something. Yeah. Um, what I want to say is that you know I just like I like to liken Southgate with um, um, Ole. Um, I just both of them are they are just establishment men. Uh, you know, say the right things, try to do the right things, act to the gallery, but you know, deep down they don't really have that you know substance as you know Lamire already alluded to in terms of you know coaching, you know. Um they but you know the truth is England also <laughs> another thing about them is the fact that you know they they kind of always you know they just kind of always find a way to mess things up themselves like when they had a, even a very capable manager in capello you know running things you know it still didn't work out so i just feel like but but back to your point Ebukado, they have they have a wealth of talent and basically the choice for that right back is is only is going to be determined by how the coach wants to play but the coach has the luxury of playing any type of way with those type of talents as uh, in the fullback position but maybe left back they probably need more options there Hi. I'm going to just drag you back a bit. And the question for me is, on what basis are we really comparing Gary Southgate to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Nobody I'm not going to dwell so that much on that. This is a lot of what Ole has to offer, but we won't delve into that until like, <laughs> when the season is almost over and I can come back and reference this episode. So just keep that in mind. I'll Funny enough, I'll take only over Southgate for England. Are you serious? Man, I don't even think I'll take only over anybody. No, over <laughs> yeah, Southgate, it, I'll take only. Oh, guys. For England, I'm sure, honestly. This season will show us a lot of what that young man has to offer in terms of quality and decisions and tactics, strategy generally. But... I can't say so much until the season is over and all of that has played out. But what I can talk about clearly is the impressive start that this Mikel Arteta side had at Craven Cottage. Lamry, how was that game for you as an Arsenal fan? I was skeptical. I mean, before the FA Cup final, after the season Arsenal had from the lockdown, post-lockdown matches and all, and I was already nervous. But after the FA Cup, my blood came down. And then after the community shield, I was like, okay, I was buzzing. So now, I mean, the first game, and then I, I see the lineup, I see Gabriel starts, and I see No Martinez. I'm sad he's leaving, but good for him. Good for him. We have Leno. And then I watched the first 10 minutes, and I'm like, hey, one, one, there was one quick, um, small miscommunication between um, Gabriel and Leno. I'm like, hey, first goal already. We already asked now the thing, but somehow we didn't. And then from then on, I was like, Wow, like if if you watch Gabriel for that whole game, you see he ran he ran after certain people who was ready was ready to do the one on one battles and he won it every time. It was amazing, and then he now scored on his debut. And then to not I mean to get to William William I mean I criticized William over the years. I like I like him, but I still have some parts of there's still some parts of the game that kind of <clears throat> that really get me annoyed. Like the whole once you see William on the wing. Yeah, you, he's very predictable. We have one mindset: cut to the byline, cross. And every and over time, I'm still yet to see the was the unpredictability. Something new. Let him add some new dimension to it. But even with that, 
he still surprised me. I mean, and got two assists that game. I love the pass, the pass he sent for Oba and then the cross for Gabriel. So I mean, all in all, and if you see the way the way they played itself was amazing. And even shout out, shout out to El Nene. Nobody, nobody will give him that kind of credit. But he really he he played he played slightly he played better. This I think this is one of this is the best game of Elneny's Arsenal career that I've seen. So and that says something. So who knows? Maybe this might be his breakout here after how many years. But yeah, it, it was a good one. I mean, who knows? But I I will not make any. I have no expectations for this season. Just game by game, or, unless maybe we sign those two CMs, those two guys in one in France, one in Spain, then you people will hear me. Yeah. I'll be very loud. <laughs> Till then, I'll just you know. London is red. I just be. <laughs> so let me actually have a very actually have a very yeah, crazy okay. prediction that Arsenal finish second. This is let's be focused here. That's not happening. Uh, let me read. Yeah. There's something you said, and I feel yeah. like that, that was that was a slight dig on uh, Van Dyke. He said Gabriel was going for those one-on-one battles. It kind of felt like you're trying to stop Van Dyke there. Yeah, I felt too. Hey, come on now. Hey, come on. No, okay, no because no, people no, see no, that no, no, that Van Dyke no, run, kind of like runs away or backs off. Let me let me use that right right um right word. No, he backs off. Okay, let me let me let me let me let me. Yeah, I understand. But let me let me give you something. So Van Dyke, they, they they have two different styles of defending, and with that back three that we had, with Gabriel chasing those those one on one battles, holding was back was the one who um, was kind of like covering covering him the whole way. If Gabriel was the last defender, I don't think he'll do that. I say. Now in Van Dyke's in Van Dyke Van Dyke in Liverpool, his role is different. If he's the one going. After somebody chasing the one-on-one battles, he does not. Let let me call it. He does not trust um, Gomez or Matip to marshal that place in his absence while he's trying to do the one-on-one. So his mind. I like to think that that's where his mind is. So his mind is to marshal the whole defense. He's in charge of that whole defense. He's running the, that defense. So he has to think one-on-one. Think ahead of all these kind of things. Things that could happen. That's why he never actually does the one-on-one because. As far as I'm concerned, he has the pace to keep up with any player in the league. Well, even though Pepe kind of dribbled him, there was the last player to dribble him, if I remember correctly. But that's by the way. But yeah, they have they have both they have different defending styles. But yeah, you know, Van Dijk is Van Dijk. He'll be alright. He's, he's, he's right now is arguably the best defender in the world. So, part of him. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to interject. Sorry to interject, but my guy signed the thing. I forgot to mention that. I forgot to shout him. That's a you know. Yeah, the new contract. Who's that? Three more years. Obama oh, okay. signed yeah. the thing. Congrats on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, man. Yeah. I definitely agree with what you said about Van Dijk, though. Even though sometimes it's annoying, all this big boy defending that he's doing. My friend, go and you know. But the truth is, you know, um, he's still being exposed now. And I think he's, as I said, man, I think I'll just sound like a broken record, but, you know, it's just a thing of the mind. To me, Van Dijk's head loss looks a little bit bigger, you know. He's always, you know, just to give an opposite side to the, to the debate, it looks like he's always looking a bit, you know, angry or miffed anytime anybody, anytime he has to be in a position where he needs to tackle or make a tackle. What's that? Are you not a defender? Do you get bored? 
Um, Lamirus points is, I think, is also spot on. All right, that's, that's wonderful to know. Some, someone who has been, was extended their contract with their club and has been putting in performances aside from Obama is the person of Wilfred Zaha in the Crystal Palace side. Okay. The Crystal Palace side are faced Southampton on Saturday and he got the goal yet again. I see he has 68, 68 goal involvement, which is 23 over every other player in that squad. I don't know what to say about the young man though. Um, mind if I, mind if I cut in? Yeah, look, yeah, Zaha. Is Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is Zaha, which is why they are being they are being totally annoying in letting the letting the guy go because they don't have an identity without him. Which is, as far as I'm concerned, he he wants to leave, but at the same time he has he has some sort of loyalty to the club, so he will always put in a performance regardless of how he feels. But if you let the guy go. So does he really want to go, or do you think he's comfortable in in that Crystal Palace side being the starman and instead of going to another team and just being one of the others? He said he wanted to leave. Uh, he's been wanting to leave for two years now. Actually, I remember he wanted to leave. They asked for eighty million at the start of last season. Then Arsenal went for Pepe instead. Now he wanted he wanted to leave again this year, but. Arsenal can actually go after him because we have other targets. But and he said he wanted to go to Arsenal because he's an Arsenal fan, so it's his, it's his dream to play for Arsenal. But then, with with that not happening, yeah, like any professional, he has to stay play and play out his contract. I guess so. Being being professional is what the game requires. Uh, I just wanted to chip in about someone who was tipped to get his own move to Manchester United in person of of Garrett Bale, but I'm not really sure I see that level of professionalism in him when it comes to managing the relationship that he has with the manager, which is non-existence at this time. He chooses to play golf over coming to football trainings. I'm really confused about yeah, but you know his that professionalism in that regard. Yeah, but Garrett Bale is a quality player, so I think if United decides to go down that, that road, they just have to make that decision. Are they willing to bring in a quality player and just overlook his faults or find a way to work around his faults? It's going to be a tough one, but you know that he's quality. I know that um, from what we've heard today, I think um, sports are also in for him. And it, it just, it's just yeah. clear that whatever team gets him, that team is going to get uh, just a little bit more quality added to them because Gary Bale is a fantastic player. So, yeah. Well, he's 31 yeah, he years is. old and injury prone. Well, injuries aside, oh, and by the way, it might not even be um, United anymore, it might be Spurs. And the deal they're pursuing is Bill coming and Ali going on loan the other way so that they can actually be able to afford Bill's wages. That's, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Well, Ali is a very strange one because few few yeah. years ago he looked like the next big thing in the Premier League, and if you look at the player there now, and now you're like, who is this guy? 
Well, you can put it down to Pochettino leaving and Mourinho coming. Mourinho hasn't found a figure out a way to bring best team. With and honestly, him going to Real Madrid, I don't see the, I don't see the logic, but. I guess we'll see how that works out because I don't, I don't, I don't know what Zidane will do with him. Yeah, yeah, it might be another bill situation. To be honest, me, I have, me, I have an issue. Sorry, but based on I heard some, you said Pochettino leaving and um, Jose coming in. Is is that what you mean? That is the reason why. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that's the main. I'm not saying that's the main reason why. I'm just saying it's 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 part of the reasons. I think I'm not saying it's it's the whole thing. I mean, if you if you remember when Mourinho came and they started, Mourinho's football recent years has always been negative. Defense first, defense first. This one, that one. He hasn't played with that. But I mean, not you know maybe this season. Now that he has kind of um, put in a lot of. Um, Players like a like with Hoybier and with Eric Dyer moving to centre back, so now he's not really going to be too focused on that defensive. So Ali can actually go forward more and do what he wants to do if he's in the club. But yeah, he was doing know. that. He was doing that at the beginning of the season when um, what's it called? I mean, when Jose came in, not the beginning of the season. He had a good season. start. I remember. Yeah, he had a good start. He, he had a good start, and um, I think um, Ali had already been declining even way before you know Pochettino left the club. I think he's yeah. probably he got too comfortable. Yeah, and it's the mentality thing. Is yeah, it's a mentality. I yeah, agree. That's the and he also had that's the best thing. He also had injury problems that you know set him back, and um, just because Jose is my guy, and I don't like people um, slandering, people slandering him. Yeah, when you say negative football, like I just had my antenna on. I always like to say there's nothing like negative football. There's active football, there's passive football. Oh, no, there's there's proactive football and there's reactive football, I mean. So, you know, there are different styles to the art of playing football. So you can choose whatever way based on the type of opponent you're playing or the type of players that you have. So I don't think there's negative or positive football. All these media things, and you don't. <laughs> but anyway, Sha, that's just what I wanted to say on that on that issue. So, Tyler, what would you say about the game between Tottenham and Everton over the weekend? What would you say played out in that game? Because I know Everton just have a squad that the midfielders, midfielders there that haven't played together before. They all new signings and they were able to get a win over USA side. So what do you think exactly was getting three points or show how well or how good of a team they are going to be, you know, with um Ancelotti, you know, Ancelotti um working and working his magic there, you know, signing great players like James Rodriguez, who was fantastic. Um, um obviously Carver Lewin, who is stepping up to become, you know, Probably a top striker in um, in the Premier League and maybe a, a a player that almost every FPL manager should get. Then you know, with already the strong base that they started from, they, they have always had they have always had like a really good team since they have been strengthening for like the past two seasons now. And um, yeah, so they basically just played better. They outplayed Tottenham. Tottenham, you know, for and which kind of takes me back to Lamire's point. You know, something is just off about them and. Um, they always seem to play so badly sometimes, especially when Kane is not even, you know, in top form or is in top shape. So, you know, I, I feel like there's something wrong with their process or, you know, the way they, there's something just missing. But it's still early on, as I said, even prior to the 
before we started the show, since we are just um, that you know it's just the first game of the season. They're still trying to you know bed in. Hopefully, because I'm the Jose guy, I really want him to do well. Um, who said someone said that Jose is going to get sacked soon? I don't know why it was Lamire or, or Ibuka. No, it wasn't me, it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Oh, yes, Chooks, um, you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, um, I'll leave it to Lamire. Lamire, you want to say something? Um, yeah, um, so regards to that match, yeah, the first thing I'd like to say is James Rodriguez showed his class, showed how much of a classy player he is. <laughs> Sure that he's not even at that level, but he will just, you know, you'll see he's not at Everton's level. If you see just based on that match, if you see how good he was, yeah. Honestly, if it wasn't for some Richarlison mess ups, that match should have been 3 0 at least. He, he, I mean, he created the most chances of any player on a, on a debut since Alexis' first game at Arsenal. That's, that, that's, that's a starter. So, and then this guy also, Alan. Alan. I mean, those three people they brought, that was like a perfect blend. Like, if you each, like, I mean, if you're playing FM, exactly. check it out. You see, you see Alan, Alan is marshalling the back, the defense line, Dukure box to box. Hammers creating. Like, if you see, if you remember, I remember seeing a counter, and Tottenham had a counter, and Lucas Moura, you know, if it's Lucas Moura, very few people have survived it. But Dukure, see, if you see, the way Dukure yeah. chased him and got that one, sent him. Yeah. That was so. That so. Everton is one to watch. You have, you have there'll, to give there'll them be a problem. They want. They want to watch this season. Yeah, there'll be a I problem. Think, I think Ancelotti has has been able to put a functional midfield in place for see man. I just want to see how they build around that and move forward from that point. But all you know, I see more competition for the top four spots in. The English Premier League and a lot of more quality matches lined up for us this season. But something that was a bit shocking for me, a result that was a bit shocking for me, is what happened with West Ham. So the Hammers, like post restart, they had this really good run of form and also preseason was okay. And I expected them to come into this season ready to fire on all cylinders. But we saw them getting hammered by a rejuvenated Newcastle side. So my, I know Newcastle got a couple of signings in, some for free. Callum Wilson for Bournemouth. And he, he got a debut goal as well. But I'm just wondering, does this mean that this West Ham side is going on a decline or does it just mean that Newcastle outclassed them on the night? Um, if I may... Look, yeah, West Ham is West Ham. David Moyes, I this might make me sound like a hater, but really and truly, I never really rated David Moyes since he left Everton. He hasn't really kicked on anywhere. Um, but yeah, don't see if you if you realize towards the um, since this year started when Steve Bruce finally changed his defensive mindset from a five a back five to a four three three or four two three one. If you notice, they started to play better. And now, what he did was now he now added now add Jeff Hendrick, who was playing as a right midfielder for Burnley. He's now and he's perfect. He was played in his preferred role, which is centre mid. And then you now added Callum Wilson and Alan San Maximan, who was fire last year. I mean, I also before I forget Almiron that created. I think he assisted Hendrick's goal. So that team, that that team, I'm not saying they will be top 
they'll be in the top half of the table, but they seem to be respected. So, I mean, I never expected West Ham to walk to walk over them to run. I mean, I don't think so. But you know, yeah, this season, but it's just one game though. Yeah, if I may add to, I I really don't even. West Ham is 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 a really confusing one for me, and you know, made a very. I always like to make very crazy predictions, but I made a prediction that they might actually get relegated because I don't know where they are currently. I feel like they wanted to be like a big team challenge, be like Tottenham, try and you know break into the top four. It didn't really work. They rushed to David Moyes, which we, who is not really their preferred candidate for a coach. I mean, in the big picture, glamorous Bentley type of um, idea that they have for the club, you know, with even acquiring, you know, I mean getting the London Stadium and all the other big dreams and even signing big players at some certain point. But now I think, you know, they kind of had like sort of like a quiet window. Um, so now even back to the team, Antonio playing as a striker, I don't know if that's his best position. Um, I just I just feel like they're, they're just caught in between and it's a, it's a very terrible place for a team to be in. And, you know, I'll be very shocked if they do well this season. As far as relegation goes, I don't think they will. David Moyes won't last won't last that whole season if they're if they're playing poorly by Christmas. But yeah, right now there's only one word you can actually use to describe West Ham: confused. That's it. That's really. We say we don't like to hear this. <laughs> That's very harsh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Ogiz won't like to hear that. But there are also some talks about a little bit of unsettlement in. The management generally with the board with the manager and the coaching staff as well as the players but we'll see how all of that plays out during the course of this season but right now we'd like to go on a short break and when we're back we'll be looking at the other matches chelsea leicester wolverhampton sheffield and just looking at how the the new signings have fared out in this first game of this new season We'll be right back. Welcome back, and we'll be going right back into it. We're starting with West Brom against Leicester. That game ended 3 0 with two goals from Jimmy Vardy. Lamry, what are your thoughts on that game? Um, that match was, for the most part, was really lethargic. I mean, but yeah, I could understand. I mean, Slavin Bilic wanted to be cautious because even before the last 20, min- last, uh, 20 minutes of madness that brought in the three goals, two penalties, the, the match was pretty dry and drab, mainly, really. Yeah, but, you know, for me, the highlight of it was Jamie Vardy getting two goals. Yes, you could say it was two pens, but I think it's really nice to see Jamie Vardy at, what, 33, pushing hard. And I'm sure this season he's probably thinking, oh, let me try and defend my golden boots. Because we didn't expect that from him last season. With the qualities that we have in the Premier League, Salah, the Mane, Aubameyang, but he, 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 beats, he beat out the competition and he was able to win it. And I would love to see him not winning because definitely I want him to win to win it, but just push for it that least. Um yeah. yeah. 
Vardy, Vardy, no matter how I feel about him when he scores against Arsenal, he's one player that I will always respect based on where he came from. Based on where he came from, like he, he got into the Premier League at what, 28, 29, which was already the latter stages of it. Of a player's career, but then again, you can you can also say that he entered the Premier League at the peak of his career because you know, as a striker, you enter your peak at 28 between you are in your peak between 28 to 33, and he's still there and he's pushing past. So, yeah, I mean, if and if you even notice, he got a, he got like a bit of a hit in that match, and you saw that he was hobbling for a little bit. But yeah, I think yeah, I think you get another 20 goal season, I think, or thereabouts. Provided he doesn't get hurt, but I think you have another twenty goal season. I believe. I believe so. Well, me for me, based on this, I've not really gotten over the fact about how they how they choked last season. I mean, I feel like that is not even talked about enough. But I know it's not it's not in our discussion for today. But yeah, I think Leicester was still you know top ten chap possibly. And it's really good for Vardy, as you said, coming from where, where he came from and how hard he has worked. He knows his game, the team plays, plays to his strength and um, he's always going to get a lot of goals as, as long as Leicester are still playing the way that they play. But the most impressive thing about Vardy is, if you look at his first season in the Premier League, um, 2014-15, he scored just five league goals. Now, you do that, your team barely survives relegation, and then the next season, you win the league, and you score 24 goals. So it just shows you the kind of person that he is to go from 5 to 24 in a year. That's crazy. And he's someone I really admire. And I change your manager too, don't forget. Yeah, true, true. But you know, you, you look at it, you're thinking, you know, it's not like it was a pep level <laughs> managerial change. But yeah, yeah, right No, no, but but yeah, but but you know, players. There are a lot of different players with different strengths. So the most important thing is to play to your player's strengths, which is which is what he did and which is what he got the best out of. That's which is why he got the best out of all of them to win that league. Even though that was Arsenal's best chance to win a league in since two thousand and four. It was crazy how you managed to finish. <laughs> Um, we finished that season second. It was wasn't that bad, but yeah, it was your it was your chance to win the league because Chelsea had dropped off. United, I digress. I say this: if we had Aubameyang that year, we win the league. You know what's funny? That that your second is so it's not it's so non notable. It's crazy. I I always would think that Tottenham already you know was really in the chase for that. Yeah, the Tottenham somehow managed to finish third in a two-horse race. It was between Tottenham and Leicester, and they somehow managed to finish third. It was crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, it wasn't crazy. It was a Tottenham thing. Why are you people talking about this? What It's a Tottenham thing. <laughs> it's always do the impossible. Tottenham can be so unfortunate sometimes. Anyway, so we'll move on to. Um, the Sheffield game, I was very surprised by that result. Wolves winning 2-0. Um, I actually thought Sheffield were going to do something. I thought they were going to win that game because I felt home advantage, you know, um, a settled squad. So it's not like they bought a lot of players and they're, you're waiting for those players to adapt. It was more or less the same squad. 
and somehow you somehow managed to lose that two 0 Lamy, what are your thoughts? I put, I personally was hurt by that game because I had John Egan in my FPL team, but I had at the same time, oh, I think. <laughs> oh my gosh! Honestly, I feel now based on what I watched, I feel they are going to they are going to they might struggle this season because if you know they didn't really add. They are sticking with it. I mean, yeah, you can say it's settled squad, but at the same time, they didn't improve the quality up front, which I believe should have been a prime target for them. Because yes, if, if you check it. the, if you check, if you check the scores list out, I, I didn't see after I didn't see Musse. He only had a few standout games last year. I didn't see yeah. and Callum Robinson left. I didn't see only Mick Burney. I don't on no, I actually don't read. I don't read Mick Burney. And then you have McGoldrick. I mean. If anything, if anything, they should have improved that strike, that top nine position, so that you have somebody. All the crosses that are ball dock and all these guys and Lundstrom will be throwing in. Yeah. You know, it, I so, mean, so I I feel they might struggle this year. They might, they might, they might not. I mean, but then again, it's just one game. You don't, you don't judge based based on based on one game. But then again, it's Wolves. Wolves is a tough opposition for anybody. So you have to. Take that into consideration as well, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe it's only maybe it's only certain teams that will. That will I mean, you never know. But that I, I think they have a tough, um, they have a tough set of opening fixtures. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to to see. But you know, it's also difficult to sign a striker because um, good strikers are not that common right now, and then it's quite expensive to okay. get a good one. So, Tayo, okay. how okay, do you feel um, okay. Sheffield can go about strengthening their team? Um, well, just as Joseph said, a few I saw some things said about how, referencing what Klopp said that you know, um, Liverpool is not is not an early gotch, you know, pretty much because of COVID nineteen. Um, it's I'm, they'll probably be looking at deals that you know, as Lamy as Lamy Ray said. Obviously, the place that they probably need to strengthen the most is is, is, is up front. But they probably be looking at maybe trying to get a loan between now and maybe October. Or um, maybe, you know, just looking at different ways to, to strengthen their team. I don't think they were looking at signing any marquee or to their own standard anyway. Any really, they're not, I'm not sure, I'm sure they're not trying to break the transfer record. Their own and they can come and loan my my star boy Who's that? Nketia. Nketia. yeah, possibly. Let me let him let him come and go. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But um, so what? So what's happening with Musa then? Isn't he like I know he was on loan last season, or was he signed? Goals for them. Okay, that's true. Okay, that's true though. Yeah, that's true. I think yeah, he returned to Bournemouth. I'm not quite sure about that, but because it's. But yeah, I didn't actually think because about it. Because space used to, space was another it. option that really, you know, threatened team last season. So perhaps yeah, that gave them a dimension to yeah, their exactly. attack. Exactly. So and so know. probably maybe they are still looking at ways to to do, to 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 get that transfer done. I think that would be a sensible move. No, they actually no, they signed him. They actually signed him. He's a he's a Sheffield. Oh really? Player. Oh yeah. Yeah, they signed him. He's a Sheffield player, so um, um, maybe he wasn't fully fit. You know, yeah, so. yeah. It's possible that they would go the route of bringing a player from the championship to come in. I've noticed that Premier League teams do that now when they're looking for strikers. They go to the Direct. Yeah, I was about to say. 
And there's this guy yeah, I, agree. Agree. I was about now, to say uh, that Oli Watkins. I, I want to see him play against Oli Watkins. Yeah, I would like to see how he performs because uh, he also scored today in the Carabao Cup. So I'm just looking forward to seeing him play Premier League match. Oh, he scored on his wow. debut? That's fantastic. Yeah. He scored against United in preseason also. Oh, man. Yeah, I think you can. He's one to watch. So, lastly, we'll be touching on uh, cool. Brighton Chelsea. Uh, I don't want to talk too much because I'm a Chelsea fan. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys handle that. Um, Lamry, you want to see? No, cover your shoulders. Your shoulders are uh, seeming so high right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was scared because, because Brighton, um, they played very well. They took charge of the game, dominated the ball. And, you know, the, the team, the Chelsea team just looked like, at some at some key moments in the game, we looked like um, 11 strangers. They just brought 11 strangers together and they were like, oh, you guys should play football together. You guys should just play football. It was, there was no cohesion. Like, it was just... I did not like Lampard's um, team selection. No, start, it, it, I, I didn't want to get into that because I just get all emotional. Like, Lampard really... And that's something that he has to understand that we, we took that last season. We will not accept that this season. Him always wanted to force Mason Mount into the lineup, regardless of the Mason position. Must start. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mount must play. So that's the thing. Mount? If you if you feel he must play, then play him in his position. That's the problem. You don't you don't exactly. just say he must start, so he must put him anywhere. Like oh, who is fit? Who is not fit? Okay, you're injured. Hey, Mount will replace you. No, it doesn't work that way. And it's really annoying. Loftus exactly. Cheek was by far the worst. Oh my God! Please. Please let no Ebuka, please allow me to go after Loftus Cheek. This is one of the few chances I have. Allow me to go after Loftus. <laughs> but wait first now. Before you go after him, eh? Isn't no. he just coming back from an injury? Wait. Okay. AC wasn't wasn't it an ACL? No, no, it's not quite, not That's quite. how you guys were. No, you you can't you wait, can't be recovering okay, for, from an injury for how long now? He has been back. That's how you guys that's how you guys were um killing this guy. What's his name? Hudson or Dory too. Like some people have cancelled him from from. Oh yeah, from I, no, I, I, I haven't cancelled. I haven't cancelled. Yeah, I haven't cancelled. Young young players yeah. coming back from ACL injuries or really long term injuries before they even started to establish themselves. Stem it takes cells, a long yeah. time. Yeah, so but please, love to well, wait. Wait, <laughs> wait hey, now. First of all, let's start. Loftus Cheek is 24 years old. He's not Thank young. He not classified. He's not young again. That young tag evaporated. Now that's one. Two. I did not like that. When I saw that lineup, I was like, "What is Lampard thinking?" Like, I know you are trying to get him some games, but you do not start him on season season opener. Oh, you play him in the role you played him. At first, you start him playing in the. Um, playing as part of a midfield three, and then all of a sudden you now change it to where he kind of played 4-4-2 in the game and he's playing side-by-side with Werner because Werner is drifting a lot. It did not work at all. I, if you see, if you one, one part that killed me, I was watching this game because I have Werner in my FPL. I wanted to see the guy score because I like him. He's a beautiful striker. He knows how to score goal. And you see the counter. He worked, got the ball back, started the counter, laid it for Loftus-Cheek, covered ground, all full of like just pass the ball the to him. Simple thing, just pass the ball. I, I, I was I was livid. I'm like, why? And but no, that was just one. I said, 
And to be very honest, yeah, I what I what, so my first thought was, why didn't he play Giroud? Because if you if you look at how Werner is, has he played that last game? He, you can um, liken him to how um, Griezmann plays, to even how maybe Mbappe and Griezmann played when they played for France, and who was pivotal to the way they played Giroud. You have him, he's there. If you don't want him, if you don't want to put in Giroud, Tammy. Tammy is tall, he's big, he can command players, and he can command attention due to his height and pace, so that he can create, he can create space and give ball, feed them, Timo. So I was so upset. But then, I, so me personally, I've, I've, on, I, the whole everybody gives Ruben Loftus cheek. Chance he's still coming, he's still growing, he's still, he's still we're still waiting for his breakout season. But yeah, I don't think it will be at Chelsea to be honest. I feel they should loan him out for like two seasons in one club, so he has some kind of stability and consistency. There, we'll see what happens for him. But now to the other debutant. I mean, aside Werner, Werner had a sweet game. I, I, I liked, I loved what I saw. I'm nervous about it, man, because if he come when he come when that that Chelsea Arsenal match will be one to watch. But yeah, Kai, which another thing that pissed me off was Kai. You, um, yeah, I like that he started in it just to get the debut out of the way, but still, if, with the whole system you're trying to play, you have to start. If you want to start that way, start Kai in his best position, which is a number 10. Or if you don't want to do that, put him in the middle. I mean, I saw if you, yeah, if you see the small, small touches here and there, the small, small, the way he glides on the pitch, as the commentator would say. He's not, he's, as far as I'm concerned, he's another Mezzo also. Which, I yeah, mean, he's you know, a very too. young Mezzo. <laughs> the, the only one fault, as far as I'm concerned, the only one fault he had in that game was that he lost the ball and then he covered it. And then one of that pass that Werner, he, he should have created for Werner. I don't think he gave the pass, the kind of ideal pass for Werner because he made Werner have to run across the field. I mean, Ozu would have given a better pass because it's Ozu. But, yeah, he, but he, besides that, he had, he had, he had of, a, in terms of passing. Yeah, but yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah, I, he's, I mean, he's once watched. Don't all these people? I saw that he was training. I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't going to join that banter because Lord, the moment he starts, people will be. People will be I, I think I, I, I kind of like. I kind of like that he was trending for the wrong reason because I can remember yeah, when, Hazard, was, when Hazard came in. in. If you can remember when Hazard came in in the community shoot against City, he had this back heel feel where he tried to do back heel and he, he completely missed it and he fell. And everyone was talking about it, he was trending, you know, at, and then he was able to shake that up and just give us consistent and um, solid performances. That's what I'm expecting from Kai Havertz, so it doesn't really bother me that he was trending either. I special. I just hope likeness for Mason Mount to offset the quality he can actually start in that team. I just hope he doesn't let that get in the way. Yeah, I think we all... No, I, I think, though, besides besides Hudson, I think um, what's his name? Pulisic isn't fully fit and then Ziyech had that injury. That's why he played Mount where he played him. But if we actually think about it, last season he played Mount on the wing a couple of times. So I understand him playing him there. But the reason why I know he did that was to accommodate Loftus-Cheek, which was a very daft idea. But yeah, I think if saying, he had actually gone with um, Cho on the left, Mount in the middle, Harvard on the right, as much as we would say that, okay, Harvard shouldn't be on the right, he should be in the middle, we would have even accepted that because Cho would have been a proper yeah. uh, threat. 
Loves is still good not in that game. And yes, as time is coming from an injury, I think I, I don't want to play that excuse because he has been in and around the team for a while. But maybe I'll take that. Yeah, he's coming from an injury. He needs some time to, to get back to his best. But I'm not sure that this season the fans are going to have that patience. Why? Because you've spent money. We're expecting top performances. We're expecting goals. We're expecting results. And when you see a player who is playing like he doesn't belong, you know, it, it just makes people angry. Yeah. Another talking point in that game I observed is um, the former Chelsea right back, Lamptey. His performance uh, in that uh, game. That boy was sweet. <laughs> And he, he really impressed me. He really impressed me. He he was a constant threat, always going at Alonso, which is something that you don't really see a lot of in right backs. You don't see right backs always wanting to take on their man, but he, he was very direct and it was a good game for him. He actually had an assist because he gave Trussan the, the pass that somehow found its way under Kepa's arm. That's his 18 million Kepa. keeper. Yes, again. <laughs> Even if, if so that goal was that's what I wanted to talk about though. Is that I don't think that that was I don't I'm not sure that was Kepa's fault per se. I think the it was hundred percent his, his fault. And that's yeah, what I'm going people, to blame him. Why what do you say, Chooks? The ball bounced right under his arm, so he misread his yes. dice. So his fault. And it's the well, basic things that he doesn't get right that annoy me. The simplest things that as a goalkeeper, I think he's good at he's good at passing. He's good at communication because if you like try to listen, he's always talking, always shouting at the defense and all of that. But when you ask him to do the proper work of a goalkeeper, which is save shots, it's a problem. I think since he made his debut, no one has considered more goals from outside the box than him. I think the second <laughs> is actually Ryan in uh, Brighton. So it's it's crazy because you you look at him and you're like I don't know who sanctioned that deal I don't know who scouted him and thought spending that money was a good idea I don't know who did that but we've come to a point where Lampard clearly doesn't trust this guy I don't think anyone out there trusts him it's going to be very difficult to let him go as to sell or to loan him because there's not a lot of interest in him but we need to get someone else in the oh someone is already on the way. Yeah, but the rumors about Mendy, I, th- I think um, his club brands, they're trying to get a bit more money. And I'll be honest, I'm also not in support of signing Mendy. Yeah, I don't think he's that great, but it's I, okay. I, I I, Actually, I'm not even looking for a great goalkeeper. I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to activate all, um, all Blacks release clause. I don't think that would, that would be a good way to spend money. But for me, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm always heavy on the scouts. I want the scouts to show themselves. Okay, look at Arsenal, for example. I don't know if it's going to turn out well, but Arsenal are going for some... Um, what country is that guy for? The, the, the second choice is Icelandic. So, I don't know if it's going to turn out well. That's not even important. I, I would love to see a bit more of that. Because you see these players, they go to clubs and then they perform. I am wondering, oh, why didn't we see him first? Why are we now coming in with the £50 million bid when we could have signed him two years ago? So, I, I want to see that happen with the goalkeeping department. I, I think we spent... That's 71, 72 million that we spent on Kepa. I think that just covered our department for some years now. We just need to find someone who can do the simple thing. I think think Chelsea should have put an Arsenal on this one. They should have gone for Emmy 
Because Emmy, Emmy, because I mean, trust me, Emmy would have been a great steal for Chelsea. To be very honest, yeah, lots of Chelsea they, fans wanted. I guess they missed, they missed that shot. I, I think like maybe sixty percent. It would have been a great steal. It would have been a great, great sign for us. For I think the Czech recommended Mendy. Um, Former goalkeeping coach, Lole uh, Chani, also recommended Mendy. So I think that's why the club went around. Or going around. Fair enough. But he's a big guy too, so I, I, I think. Can... Yeah, he's big. He's big. Yeah, oh, right, go ahead. I'm done. Yeah, he's big. He's good in the air, but, you know. The last thing I observed in that game was, was the goal from Rich James. I think we are about to ignore it and just pass as if it was something normal. That strike was reminiscent of the strike of Vincent Company that won the yeah, one man the league. Exactly. That, that, that was, was actually that was, something out of the ordinary. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, that guy's a solid player. To be a solid player, he has he has a bit of boots. I think is 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 in between Arnold and well, Misiaka to me. I don't know. It, it looks more balanced than both of them. I, I think for me, I just want consistency from his game. I think he has, he's blessed with the physique, the natural physical attributes, and also a bit of the technical attributes of, of a good player. And he just needs to find that consistency. I was surprised that he scored, <laughs> but he's, he's a very good player. I'm, and if you look at it, now that William is out of the club, you know, Rich James was on set pieces and he got an assist from the corner. It wasn't a perfect assist, but you know, one big player leaving, giving the opportunity for younger players to step up. And I'm happy that he's getting that confidence to take set pieces and try to be uh, dangerous. I think he's going to be a second coming of Kimmich. He's going to be a second. He's going to be the type of Kimmich. He's a Kimmich type player, to be honest. Okay. I, think Kimmich is I mean, Kimmich is levels ahead, but he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's levels. Kimmich is levels ahead, but he's yeah. in the same. Era. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, so Tayo, what do you see about um, what do you see going on yeah. with Liverpool? The in terms of transfers. I think we've been able to cover the review part of this. In terms of transfers, um, what do you want to see in the summer? Because it doesn't seem like Liverpool are going to do a lot. Bro, man, just give me Thiago Alcantara, please. That's all I want. I really, I mean, there are so many people that we can move. I know, um, I think Leeds are interested in Harry Wilson. Um so if we can move him out, probably we can raise some funds to I, buy. I, like I think another thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good guy, but I mean, I prefer Thiago anyway. <laughs> That's going to be a huge steal for Leeds. You heard it here first. That's going to be a huge yeah. steal for Leeds. What? Good for them. Good for them. We can put a buyback clause or something, you know. If he, but he, he, definitely right now, he's not better than Manny. He's not better than um, uh, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Um, Salah, right? Amazing. But in um, terms of injuries, man, man. you know, if you if you guys have one major injury, like, it feels like, it feels like that's going to have a serious effect on your team. I can imagine Salah getting injured. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I mean, but what can we do, right? To so I know Man City. I mean, basically, we don't have that kind of money to or the 
maybe the owners don't have the will to spend that type of money because of even COVID. Um, it would be good to still have Wilson around. Um, I also think Liverpool is chilling a bit and you know stalling their business so that they can do deadline day things and maybe put more pressure on Bayern to get the to get him at a lower price. That's just me being very hopeful. Um, but you know the uh, ideally we should actually get a backup forward player, maybe someone that can play um, any of the three positions up front. Maybe someone that can play at least two positions there. Um, it would be good to get another defender, man, because man, me, I don't trust Gomez, man. That guy is, I don't know if I can cuss here, but to me, it's just, it's just a terrible, it's, 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 not, it's not really good. And, you know, Liverpool fans, I follow Liverpool on Twitter because I was, for, for months, even when, one thing about me is that even when things are going good and stats are, you know, stats are in favour of something, like sometimes, like when I always banter with troops, when stats are in favor of United and they are winning, and I'm saying only still shit, right? People always, ah, they, so guys, they they killed me. They say I'm a fool. I don't know anything. That Van Dyke and Gomez clean shit. Just talking, you oh know, useless analytics. I mean, but the eye test, the guy, the guy is not good. Even Matip is way better than him. So, but hopefully, if Matip comes back fit, we need to get another defender because Lovren has left. So ideally, we should strengthen. Tengo we're strengthening in the left back position, but we need to strengthen and um, have a centre back. Hopefully, get Alcantara and get another wing, top quality wing player. Maybe in between, in terms of ability, in between Wilson, them Salah, and Mane, them type. But we, obviously, we can't get any, we can't get anybody better, unfortunately, because you know nobody, nobody will want chop bench pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Larry, yeah. uh, could you talk about the latest in transfers concerning the likes of Arsenal and Tottenham? Okay, um, basically, from my few sources, uh, a few sources, I'm hearing, <laughs> uh, I have a few. To be this guy is a real uh, Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as far as Arsenal goes, there's our and party, there's still that whole um, back and forth. But there's also, right now, with Emmy gone, there's this new guy um, who's Icelandic. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to spoil his name, so I'm going to just stop at Icelandic. Um, yeah, and he's a second goalkeeper at Dijon, um, recommended by um, Arteta's goalkeeping coach. And because they can get him for cheap, I mean, that's they don't want to spend a huge amount on a goalkeeper to replace Emmy because a goal, goal keep, goalkeeping is not their main um, area of interest right now. Um, with Spurs, Spurs right now is basically Regulion and Bale after basically stealing them from Manchester United. But it's just right now, it's just talks. They still talk. And I mean, because Bale, Bale, Bale loves Tottenham, so he... He wants to go back there, and then um, with um, yeah, the main thing, the main reason why they get um, Spurs to get Reguilón over Manchester United was the buyback clause Real Madrid wants to put in the contract. So it's gonna um, if Spurs are gonna buy him. There's gonna be a buyback clause. Mind you, did not want that, which is why Spurs are now ahead of them. And then with Bill, because of Bill's astronomical wages, Spurs are only going to uh, sending. I plan on sending Ali on loan to Madrid. 
so that they cut and they're only going to pay 50% of bills, which is, which is going to kind of offset everything. Um, yeah, and then basically, yeah, that's about it. That's about it right now in the Premier League yeah. kind of the world. Actually, for now. Madrid kind of have like a very good working relationship. Bayern, yeah, with Madrid and Bill initially. Madrid, so. yeah, I think Van der Vaart also came from uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, from a, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not, maybe Hamburg. I don't know. But, yeah, but that's that. But I'll be one to watch. I mean, Spurs. If Spurs make those two signings, man, you have to be wary of Spurs. Even though at the end of the day, Spurs will still Spurs. But no, yeah. Spurs are winning a trophy this season. Mark my word. Arsenal finishing second. Spurs are winning a trophy this season. West Ham getting relegated. <laughs> These are my Liverpool maybe finishing third. The way that yeah, I see, they're so serious about this Arsenal yeah. second thing. Like I don't understand where it's coming from. I don't know, man. I just, have buy that, <laughs> I just have to buy into. I just have to, you know, because Arteta is a talented manager. You know, unlike some players, I mean, some managers in some clubs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> shade detected. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's talented, and you know, he has really impressed me with what he has been able to achieve, even in his short managerial career, and. Um, I think it's just going to get better. The team, better. Yeah, the team actually they have a very good leader and point man in uh, Abomeyan. Yeah, they have Chaka in the middle. They have uh, a leader in David Luiz, even though yeah, he might, sometimes has his faults. But you know, I think. Well, well, and they have a structure to how they exactly. play. If you actually watch, it's, it's very, it's very Pep esque, but you can see the structure. Yeah. And they don't de- deter from it, which is what I, I, I've really seen. That's the main difference. Because every year they start the new season, there's a structure in some games. But since Arteta came, there's a structure. There, if you if you are, if you actually observe it, they they play they play two formations every mm. match. There's a back. Anytime they start with that back three, they switch. When they're going for, they switch to a back four, and then yeah. when they're defending, they switch back. It's yeah, very organized. Which, which, and it's, it, it's also pragmatic for. too. It's not just um, okay, man. I, sometimes I play um, proactive football. Sometimes it's also reactive too. Like so, he's yeah. he knows he knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah, I don't need to train your shit again. Man, no, man, no upset tricks for yeah. yeah. No. No offense, thinking. I know this season is going to play out, and all the haters are going to see what the manager is made of. <laughs> yeah, I just hope United get a couple more signings in the way, possibly a centre back, a left back. Definitely, we need a right wing. Exactly. So, if they have all of that in the bag, I'm sure Ole will be able to put them into good use alongside Van der Beek, who has already signed for the United side. While we watch all of this play out, I'd like to say we've come to the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening and staying tuned up till this time. We would appreciate your feedback, your comments. Please share with your friends and other people around you. And we'll be back with another episode running through FPL and preview of the next game week. Thank you for joining us, Tayo. Thank you for joining us, Lamire. And thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're signing out for now. Be safe. And that was the fact that no one happens to mention the United new boy, Donny van der Beek. And is, is that...
is that is that because he's new to the Premier League or is there something we're not seeing or we just want to observe before we select this young man into the team? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a is a case of wait and see. He's not he's not he's not very tight just like Thiago is. Thiago at six point zero is is actually a whole lot expensive. Thiago is the pre assister. That's the truth. The guy that gives the pass to the person that assists. So Van der Beek too, he, I'm, he, his, his numbers are not the best coming from Ajax. So it's someone you need to just wait and see. What where is where is Ole going to play him? In his first conference today, he kind of suggested that he can play both Bruno, Pogba, Van der Beek together. And I'm really I'm really eager to see how he wants to do that. But Van der Beek is just to wait and see. You can't you can't really tell because he's not he's not the man that you you could like Ziek. Ziek was the was the man with the goals and assists for Ajax. Why when the big did a lot of cleaning around in in the team. So yeah, it's a wait and see. All right, that's fair enough. That's a fair position to take. And finally, who is that player under six million that we should all look out to have in our teams this week? Um, for me, I really like the look of Podence of Wolves. Um, now that we know that Jota is out of the equation, I feel like um, Podence of Wolves, he really passed the eye test in their last game against them. Um, who did he play against again? Uh, I can't remember. But he was really magnificent. He had an assist and he could have gotten more. And he's young, he's fast, he's electric, and I feel he would do really well this season. Um, there's also the... Leeds guys, their midfielders, Harrison and Klitsch, I think they're both 5.5. And they go against um, Fulham this time around. So I'm sure there'll be lots of goals there. And I liked this guy, Hendrik, in Newcastle. I know he came when he, I think he came on a free from Burnley. And he he really took his goal well. and, and he could have even gotten an assist also. And he was really active around Callum Wilson. So I think they would form a great partnership with Fraser. Foster also coming in and St. Um, Maximin. I think Newcastle are also one to watch. So you could also look at St. Maxim and Hendrik. Um, so I think those are the guys beyond uh, below 6.0 that's uh, what happened. Mamji, what about you? What's your take on that? Actually, the the best the best cut price is um, reward already said it. Um, Podence at five point five is going to be the replacement for Jota. Obviously, he was really active in the game against Sheffield, and like you said, he could have even gotten a goal on top of the assist he gave him in it. So you should look at Podence if you're looking for someone under six point zero. Um, in the forward, Patrick Bamford, he had he had quite a a a neutral game. He wasn't so good, but he finally he, he pounced on Van Dijk's error. We're not sure what um, Bielsa is going to do with Rodrigo yet after that horrible, horrible decision to bring down Fabinho. But Bamford is 5.6. So if you're looking for a striker under 6.0, then finally in defense, Gabriel. Gabriel is a is a goal is a goal scoring defender, and Ateta has shown that he's going to use. A back three. Anytime he uses a back three, Arsenal seem more showed up. I mean, they kept clean sheet against the big teams last season using that formation, and I feel he's going to get a lot of clean sheets. And is it, I mean, it's a threat going forward. He's, he's, he's at five point zero, so he's going to be good value for the money. All right, that's that's very fair. I think I'm considering having one of these players in my team 
need to make a substitution with one of those low price midfielders. Ebuka, do you have any other thing to add? I think we have a lot of tips to go into this game week with, but do you have anything to add before we close? Yeah, I, I think uh, Bamijan would have helped our listeners to plan themselves and plan their teams ahead of the game week. Um, it's going to be a tricky one because um, City's playing Wolves away and last season, I think Wolves was a double over City, so you, know, you can't just expect that City beat Wolves. Yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not touching, I'm not touching anybody from that future. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tricky one. And being the first game for United and City, you, you just get that feeling that maybe it might not be as explosive as you think, even though there are going to be a lot of explosive players on this field. Mm-hmm. Um, looking forward to the game week. I'm not expecting to do as well as I did last week. I think this is more of um, a discovery game week for me. Um, yes, I'm expecting to go down a bit on, on, on all my mini boys. So I think game week will be better for me. What about you? Um, okay. For me, since um, reward attack the city part, I'll, I'll go through. I'll go to United. Um, first things first. I already said it earlier. Mason Greenwood is being overlooked, and I really don't know why. He's probably one of the names right now that has his um, starting spot guaranteed for United at that right wing because there's really no other option. I'm not sure that James is going to get anywhere near the first team anytime yet. So Mason Greenwood is one. He's being overlooked currently. So get him in. If you don't believe my Ames, um, my Ames ginger, my Ames potential, they're both at 7.5. So you can get Greenwood at that at that price. Then I think Pogba is in for a big season. He's very expensive for a player who, who he seems to have accepted a relaxed role, being the deep line playmaker, allowing Bruno to do all of that. But he's in for a very big season. I mean, with Thiago coming to the Premier League, we have probably three out of the top five midfielders in the world playing together. So the, the conversation is going to be a lot. So Pogba really needs to step up this season and probably give a good performance. Why he gives us um, those FPL figures, the figures he did in the 18-19 season, scored 11 goals, gave nine assists. So it's, it, Pogba is one to look out for if you're if you're feeling if you're feeling daring and um, risky at the odds, you can you can put in Pogba. So those are two United assets. Then in defense, I mean, one Bissaka, we saw him improve on his. He's not the best going forward. It's obvious. It's not. But we saw him improve on his assist total. He had four assists last season. So one Bissaka is is another one to look out for, considering the fact that United now have, let's say at least a good backup for anytime David Ayer wants to make an error or anything. Anderson can come in. He's a really good backup for the. I mean, we can't even tell if he's going to be the backup yet. But like I said, I feel Ole Ole does not have that big. He doesn't have the balls. I'll use that word. He doesn't have the balls to start Anderson over the air for now. So he's going to give the air the opportunity to show why we called him the best goalkeeper in the world at the time. But that is one to look out for. What's your What's your own take on this? Are you Are you also thinking we should We should give the likes of Hamas that that opportunity to shine in this game week. I saw I saw the glimpse of quality. I know the type of player that Hamas is, or 
do we wait in this game we can see what he's going to bring to this table? Yeah, um, I think for the new guys, it's basically a wait and see for me. Um, James, he looks good. He, I, he passed the eye test um, very well, but he looks more like an assist, someone that assists the assister. Something. I don't know if there's anything like that, but he does. I'm not sure his um, his slick passing and slick movements will translate into FPL points. So for now, it's just a wait and see for me. Same goes with the other new guys. Let's see. It's just one game week or. So let's at least let's have something to ju- judge them on before we can jump jump ship. So for me, it's still a wait and see on the new guys. And that's that's fair enough. That's a good position to take. But all in all, going into every game week, the biggest question always is who gets the captain and band? Reward, who gets it for you? Um, so for this game week, um, the debate is, I think we have just two people, really. Um, there's Spare, Emerick, Aubameyang, and Anthony Martial. Um, Aubameyang is like the safer option. And he also has like the highest odds, being that he's a midfielder. So he gets additional points per goal and a clean sheet. And Arsenal looked really impressive against Fulham. And going up against the distorted and disgruntled West Ham side. Um, there's only one there's only one outcome there. And I see Abomeyang getting a haul. I remember Salah has a hat trick, so I'm sure he has that at the back of his mind. Um so if you want to go for a safe bet, you can definitely go with Abomeyang. But if you're looking for something like a differential, um you could go to Bruno. I think Bruno has less than less than sixteen percent ownership. Or oh, sorry, Marcel. Marcel has about 16% ownership currently. So imagine if he hauls against um, Crystal Palace. That could come big for you. So, And he's really good. Marcel's stats against, um, against teams at home are just amazing. So I think it's something you should, you should consider. If you don't want to go um, the normal route, which is Aubameyang, you can always go with Marcel. Yeah. That's, that's fair enough. But in your, in your advice, I hear you say, you, you, you. I, I want to hear what you, you, who you're going with, but I'm not going to put you on the spot. So I'm going to move to oh, Bamji. And okay, on the spot. I'm, I'm definitely oh, going with Abomayang. All right. So, so you're going <laughs> with Abomayang. I won't change it. Yeah. <laughs> we hope so. We'll still see your 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 team sheet when it comes out at the end of the game week. So Bamji, for you, are you, are you, are you, are you like, sure you can trust me? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're going to see it at the end. We may not know now, but we'll see it at the end. So, right, for you, right. Bamiji, who gets the captain number? Who gets the captain's number? Okay, I, I think I think I'll go with um, reward this time around. Obamayang is the is the safest option, and you know the thing with safest option, a lot of people are using him. So the minute you don't use him. You're going to be left behind. The difference between the um, pacemakers and the and the people that are slagging behind as well that they don't use Salah. So I think Obama is a captain. West Ham were bad against Newcastle at home. Although let me tell you this statistic that will bust that will probably bust your head. Um West Ham have lost the most um, games on the opening day. So and David Moyes as well as the manager. So imagine the manager that's lost the most um, opening days, same with the club that's lost the most opening days. So that's probably just a bad omen. 
and they will probably come good in the second week. But now, nah, Arsenal looked compact, and I feel they're going to build on that performance, and Aubameyang is going to get at least a brace. Now, for my differential, I, 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 don't, I don't know why. Reward has not said anything about that Everton-West Brom game, um, and that's fine, but that game, I feel there's going to be goals in that game. I just feel so. And Richarlison is a good look as a differential. He's, a, he's, at, um, he's playing striking at, at, this, at the moment, and he also doesn't have a lot of ownership on him. So you can also look at Richarlison. Good, a good option too is Marshall. Marshall too can be a good can be a good thing. But this weekend you need to you need to go on over me. I mean Salah is going to score a goal or give an assist against Chelsea, but it's not going to be a hard trip. You need to be looking for the person that's going to give you the most um, probably the most points. And I think that's going to be it's going to come from Obamayan. That sounds that's you guys are talking about Salah not getting the hard trick. You know, sometimes I, I, I think about and I remember that you know, it's Kepa in goal. I'm a bit scared and worried about that. <laughs> if we can have some faith, have the little faith in this in this keeper of yours. You know, so I, I actually believe that every shot on target is supposed to be a goal. So uh, against Brighton, you can't blame me. You can't blame me. the boy. On site, so <laughs> we can't say sure. I feel like there will be goal. But guys, we've talked a lot about um, United players. We've gone hard on Martial, um, Rashford, Bruno, Greenwood. Now, aside this four, and looking at the City players, let's remove the usual suspects, KDB and the Sterling. Who else should we be looking at? Is there a defender? We should be looking at a goalkeeper. Who should we be looking at to bring in from United and City, apart from the usual suspects? For me, um, for me, I would go with um, Phil Foden. Um, he looks like at that that um, price at six, I think six or six point five. He looks like a steal for me, and I know Pep likes him a lot, so he's just six point five. And imagine getting. A midfielder, and he plays along that front three. He doesn't, not like he plays the David Silva role exactly, but he plays either in the Sterling or the Mares role. So, the guy also is he has that Salah Salah SK type of um, attitude. He shoots on sight, so I feel Phil Foden would really come good to whoever jumps on him um, early enough this season. Um, for the City defense, I think it's only Laporte you can really. Um, go to because they are really solid whenever he plays. But with the Pep Roulet, and remember, he just bought um, Nathaniel Ak from Bournemouth. So we are not sure exactly how Pep would line up. So I guess it's just a wait and see on the defense. But for attack, it's Phil Foden for me. That aside, the KDB and Sterling, I'll definitely go with um, Phil Foden. I wouldn't go near Aguero for now because I know his minutes are he's not exactly the spring chicken he used to be. So I know his minutes are shared with Jesus for now. So Pep usually gets him off at the 60th minute. And that's not good for FPL. And he's not seen an injury currently. I think he's, he's tired training, but he's not joined the rest of the team yet. So I'll stay clear of um, the attack for now.
Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the MT Stands podcast. And it's time for us to talk about FPL today. We have with us two FPL experts in Bamiji and Reward. You all know them. They advised us to Captain Salah and we did. And we came back buzzing. And they're here again to give us some more tips. Ebuka, tell me you've been waiting for this episode. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while now. I'm very confused. I don't know who to bring in. I don't know who to captain. I'm just like leaving it to Bamijan Rewards to help me decide what to do. So I've looked at my team over and over again. And this last minute, but I still don't know what to do. So I'm just sure that at the end of this discourse, I'll be able to set my team up. And by the end of the game week, I'll come back rejoicing. I'm certain about that. Yeah, I hope so too. Like I took Bamiji's advice. He told us to cap Salah. I did. Reward actually yeah. slide us. Reward was like Salah would not pop. <laughs> and then he went behind our backs to cap Salah. So I'm like, okay, bro. Oh wow. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> someone had to play oh, the wow. devil's advocate now, right? Oh really? <laughs> well, someone someone had to careful. do that do that in the end. <laughs> All right, so Bamiji, how how did the last game week go for you, and and tell us what lessons you've learned from from that last game week. Okay, um, hi guys, it's nice to be back on the show. I I feel really 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 good on um, <laughs> Captain Captain Salah because I just I just had that feeling because Salah Salah is a flat track bully. He's always going to bully the. Um, I put it, I, I won't call them smaller teams because I mean Leeds showed that they were anything but small. But still, I just I just had that gut feeling. But anyways, it was a good game week. Um, I had seven three points. Um, I'm topping some of my mini leagues. Uh, there's a very big one that I have on Twitter. I'm not doing so well there, but I mean I'm on the upward trajectory. I had Patricio in goal, and um, I I just kind of felt that Wolves are very compact at the back, and I I felt it was going to keep a clean sheet. Um, Trent was disappointing all day, all game throughout Leeds. It was really, really disappointing. But should I say it's down to him just having a bad game or were Leeds really that good? I think I think it's a bit of both because, I mean, if you saw the own goal, it's caught. But I was really wondering, like, what's what's really going on with Trent? But anyways, I had Soyoncho as well. He's the one that gave me points in my old defence line. Um, so young crew was good for Leicester, although West Brom they only they flattered to deceive at the um, at the beginning of the game in the West Brom Leicester game. But at the end of the day, it was an easy clean sheet for Soyuncu. Doherty was disappointing, by the way. Um, he Mario acted him off in his debut, and he even he, he threw him under the bus um, in his um, post-match conference, saying that um, he, he he wasn't playing how he knows that he could play, but. Knowing Mourinho is a tough lover, so he's still going to put him back there. I mean, Salah, we all know what Salah did. Gave us um, 40 points for those of us that captained him. I mean, I still have Aubameyang in my team. One disappointing thing, which is now clear why he didn't play, was Jota. I had Jota in my team, but he didn't play. We had um, Pudence play for, um, in place of Jota. So that's something you need to look out for. But apparently, it's because Jota is going to Liverpool. Fabricio Romano just confirmed that Liverpool have had an agreement for him. Then finally, Timo Werner, he, he looked really good. I won't lie. He looked really good. Although he, he, didn't, he, he didn't get the support I felt he should have gotten. But he still, you could see that he was ready to do things. 
and he got an assist with that penalty. So all in all, it was a decent game win for me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, for reward, it was also another good um, game week. I think he had 80 plus points and he was so confident that he went on Twitter to actually like show, show everybody his team and the points and everything. He <laughs> like some, some bad guy after sliding our listeners. Well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know, we, we talk it's so a, much about the things that we've done right. Um, I think we should also talk about the things that we did not do right. Before wrong. So, um, it was a good game for you to watch, but what mistakes did you make? Okay, um, so I have this ritual. Almost after every game week, I post my team and do like a mini review. So, so at the end of, at the, end of the season, I can go back and see how I did in total. Um, so, I started, I couldn't have asked for a better start. Um, I finished with 82 points. Funny thing was, um, while we had this um, recording, I didn't have Salah in my team, and I was really going to go without Salah. But I just went back and I looked at Salah's stats against um, promoted sides, and it was criminal not to go without. <laughs> it was criminal to go without Salah, so I just had to put him in. And luckily for me, he came good. Um, my mistakes. One of them was Son. I think the biggest one was Son from Spurs. I should really have considered their form post restarts because he was woeful. The whole sports team were just horrible. Everton bust that game and I just need to do away with him. Um, another mistake I made was trusting Havertz of Chelsea, the new guy. Um, it was clear he was going to start, but um, I should have waited at least to see how he fits into the team and how how the team generally will play with him to realize if that will yield to FPL points. But I just put him there and it didn't work out. So um, going forward, I need to take my time to watch. It's more like a sit and watch the new guys before I jump um, jump onto any of them. So I guess that's my mistakes. Apart from that, um, I think Adams, Jay Adams of Southampton, I watched that game and I think he passed the eye test. I remember there was this particular save that Gaeta made that really should have gone in. So I won't call that. Yeah, Gaeta was Gaeta was magnificent in that game and was just unfortunate that um, Che couldn't. I even think Che outperformed Ings in that game. So uh, I won't call Che Adams a mistake, but every other thing was spot on from me. And so going forward, um, why change um, something that clearly worked out well? So I don't think I need to do anything really. Just bask in the glory for now. Well, that's that's an amazing position to take. And I know it's not easy admitting one's own mistakes like you have done. But all of us have those moments where we make one or two mistakes. I had Trent in my team when you advised we go with Robertson. But in the end, we moved. What more can we do? But speaking of doing better in this game week that we're entering tomorrow, who should we be looking to bring in? Looking at the fixtures, the Manchester teams are coming in to play tomorrow or this game week at least. So who, which players should we be looking at bringing into our squad for this game week? Bamiji, we'd like to start with you. Um, okay, just before I even get into the players that you should bring in or you should be looking at, don't make the irrational decision to use your wild card. I'm advising anybody listening to this. I was about it's going to, to be a very irrational decision. I, I, I mean, I mean, unless unless you're that guy that got advice that 
the injury sign means that the player is other um, is dangerous, and you put all your you put um, a lot of injured players in your team. Unless you're that guy, you shouldn't you shouldn't make that irrational. <laughs> I saw that stuff. It was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't make that irrational decision. I mean, if you have at least up to 50 points, you have players that got you decent points, just hold on. It's still the first game week of the season. You need to calm down and look at, if you're going to make changes, look at game week three. I mean, if you remember, we advised that you should keep at least one of these United or City players coming in. But looking into um, the fixtures for this coming week and looking at the players that you should bring in, first of all, one game I want you to that is Leeds United versus Fulham. This is a championship game. And um, when this fixture last season in the championship was 3-0 to Leeds. So if you watch the Liverpool game, the Leeds-Liverpool game, you can pick any of those trio. Any of those guys that played well for Leeds. I'm going to mention some of their names, obviously. There's Klitsch, there's Arisen. Any of those two, you can look to bring them in. That's if you're just looking for a very... If one of your... Low quality midfielders did not perform for you in this past week. Someone like Jota, if you had Jota, if you had Bowen, Bowen has a tough fixture against us now. So if you if you can look at that game and probably bring in one of Clitch or Harrison. Another game to look at obviously is Everton West Brom. I remember telling people that Ahmed Rodriguez is a must have, and I know if you watch that game um, against Tottenham, you know that only Richarlison was the reason why Ahmed Rodriguez did not get a any anything from that game. But I promise you, in this game, Ames or Richarlison, you would want to look at any of them. Any of them, Ames or um, Richarlison. Another game that I think you should look at is uh, Manchester United Crystal Palace. Um, Bruno Fernandes is coming back to the EPL. If you don't already have him. Bruno! That quick. <laughs> exactly, exactly. If you want to make that quick, um, like for you can remove one of your quality midfielders, which, like I said, I'm really afraid to remove Salah from my team. But the thing is, I think Chelsea is a big fixture game. He's not going to score. He's not going to score a trick. But Salah will probably get in on a goal or an assist. But you can remove him for Bruno. Another thing that's happening right now, people are putting their all attention. It's this is this is a very big secret I'm giving people because it, it's one of the changes I made. People are putting a lot of emphasis on Bruno, Martial, and Rashford, and they're forgetting Mason Greenwood. And it's it's, it's quite hilarious because I mean Greenwood is really on fire. He's someone they just gave him the number eleven shirt. He's raring to go, and he's being ignored. So I mean, if you're already lagging behind the mini leagues. Mason Greenwood is someone you should look at. Thanks a lot, Bamiji, for that. I'm certainly looking at what I'm considering. I don't know which United player I'm going to bring in, but one of them is definitely coming to my team this game week. Well, reward. Which player are you looking at? Which What player are you looking at to bring into your team for this game week to put some magic or icing on it? Yeah, so this opinion might sound um, a bit controversial, but um, I don't think anyone should go for Bruno Fernandes um, this game week. Um, for this game, I would rather you go for Martial or Rashford because if you check um, stats, you'll see that Bruno tends to perform better away from home. While when they, when they play at home, Martial and um, Rashford do a lot more better than 
Bruno. So I can read out some of the stats from you for you. Post restart at home, mass for shots in the box. So I have Marshall Rashford versus Bruno. So for shots in the box, Martial had nine, Rashford six, while Bruno had one. For big chances created, Martial four, Rashford four, Bruno two. And big chances created, three, three, one to Bruno. Funny enough, FPL points per game also. At home, Martial had about 13 points, Rashford five points, and Bruno six points. Um, So it's, it's evident that Bruno... Yeah, Bruno seems more lethal away from home than at home. So if you have to invest in a United as- asset, I'd rather you go for Rashford or Marcel. KDB is back. <laughs> and um, sorry, sorry, before, before you go on, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to, like I did in um, the first episode, I think I'm going to counter you again. I'm sorry, sure. but I will. Bruno no, Fernandez, you, you, you need to have him in your team. If if he's one of those players that you just can't do without, I'll tell you why. Um, I understand the, um, the old stats and everything, but we both know that that's not paramount to as what well. we see the game as it is. Do you get? It? So Bruno, as bad as Bruno plays, Bruno is the catalyst for Manchester United. Bruno woke up Marshall. He woke up a lot of players in United. So if United are going to win a game, um, three goals, four goals. Bruno is at least getting one assist. That's one person like I can start beat my chest and say, even if he's having a bad game, Bruno is going to get in on the numbers. So I don't think it's um, best to. That it depends on what you want to do. You shouldn't like I advise you shouldn't make so many changes. I mean, it's just game week one. If you have at least fifty points and above, yeah, you, you can't get everything right. But the truth is that you can just um, limit um, the things that you can get wrong. If you want to bring in um, someone, depending on what you're looking at, who do, who do you have in your striking position? Marshall is at 9.0. It's not, a bad, it's not, it's not bad, but Bruno, Bruno should is the number one person to look at for Manchester United, home or away. Yeah, well, well that's, that, that works also. But for me, I'd rather save that um, extra 1 million that we use for better purposes in my team and go for Rashford instead. But I guess we'll see fair how enough, that... Um, I hope we are we are not forgetting the city assets also. There's KDB, there's Sterling, and there's Phil Foden. That guy is just I think he's five point five or six or six point five. I'm not sure. Um, now that um, David Silva is gone, I guess he'll see more playing time. But of course, we can't um, predict the Pep release. So, um, but I know he'll get enough game time, and of course that will yield into more FPL points. So basically, if you can. Try and get in some United and City assets. That's if you have to, anyways. But my stay is just hold out for this game week so that by game week three, you'd have two free transfers, then you can lay around with it. And by then, you'd have more sample to to judge rather than just one game week. We haven't even seen how these United and City guys would play, but so let's see how that goes. Yeah, thanks for that reward. Um... I think I would go that route of being very patient. Um, give my team the chance to, to really push on and impress me. Um, I jumped the gun as you did, you know, bringing in Havertz. We, we, we knew he was going to start, but I think we were kind of surprised when we saw the position and then the style of play and all of that. Um, there's still time for him to do a lot better. Maybe we should have been a bit more patient. We also saw guys like um, Hamas 
James had a good game, but he drew a blank. We saw um, Doherty also like also concede for Tottenham, and that really affected his his points overall for that game. So the question now is, do we keep faith in in the new signings that did not perform, or do we just give them that extra game week to, to adapt? Okay, for Avert, I'm not going to lie. I think, as we all saw, and as it was evident in that game against Brighton, Avert will need a bit of time. Um, not because he's not a good player, but I think people, contrary to what people think that he's um, tactically flexible, I believe his best position is playing behind the striker. So until ZX come back and um, like Avert can concentrate on playing in that um, number ten role, I think you should you should because he, he, he's um let me let me confirm how much he is. Avert should be. He's eight point five. Eight point five. So I mean, he's he, he has a lot of money to to wait on. Yeah, he's a lot of money to wait on. So I, I think you should you should let go and try and get in one of those United assets or at least if you have um, the spare money like um, reward said one of the City assets. So Avert, I would say you should let go and just observe him. You could bring him in later, like I said, when Zier comes and Chelsea are now we we can see what Chelsea's real shape will be. But while he's playing on that right wing, I don't think he's going to. We're going to see the best of him from there. About Ames, like I said, I, I'm a very big fan of Ames Rodriguez. He's a quality player. Um, and he's more he's more rounded than Avet. So, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't need any time to settle in. You could see he shot right at home. He created the most chances, last five chances. Nobody has done that since Alexis Sanchez made his debut for us now. Um, he's, he's, he, I just, he's going to get a goal or assist against West Brom. They, they 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 invite they invite pressure uh, West Brom even though they can stay strong but they can't stay strong for the whole 90 minutes so I thought either Ames or Richarlison you need to get one of them in your team then finally Doherty it's really difficult with Doherty because Mourinho Ancelotti beat um, Mourinho tactically hands down he used Ben Davis as a third left back which allowed um, Doherty bombard forward and he had that opportunity which um, Pickford saved. So the question is, is he going to keep using a a back four or is he going to turn to a back five? Now, if he, if Doherty goes into a right wing back, is people don't rate him as much as I do, but Doherty is an amazing player playing on the right. He's not, his, best strength, his strength is not defending. His strength is not, that's just the truth. Um, I'm sure Imines is going to miss him at um, um, Wolves, although he didn't show it in the last game week. So... Doherty's um, distance depends on what Mourinho is going to do. They're playing Southampton again. It's a game you expect them to win. So with the new signings coming in, like Garibaldi, Regulion, what is Mourinho going to do? What is, he, is he going to stick to a back four, a back five? If it's a back five, then you need to stick with Doherty. But if it's a back four, you might want to just look at going for Dignity. I mean, you saw that beautiful cross he gave Cavalier. Thank you, Bamiji and Reward, for taking our time to join us today and sharing your expert opinion on the subject. With that, we've come to the end of today's episode of the Empty Stands podcast. I look forward to having you guys again 
And our listeners, I hope you listen. And this game week turns out very fantastic for you all as you take the tips that they have shared and put it into practice. Till you hear from us again, I want you all to stay safe, be safe, and catch you all later. 